Welcome to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. So real quick, before I jump into the conversation with this week's guest, I just want to let you know what this show is about. Really, this show is just about all the conversations we, entrepreneurs, those of us who are the why notters, have around entrepreneurship. It's the conversation that you don't typically hear because you just see those fun posts on Instagram and Facebook where we're hanging out on yachts or we're making a ton of money and driving these fancy cars when reality is that's not real life. Real life is trying to figure out how you're going to pay bills, trying to figure out if you're going to make rent this month, trying to figure out if that new client really is going to help move you forward or if they're really going to bring you down. Really anything goes in these conversations and you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on these conversations that I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs. So grab your cup of coffee, grab your water, grab your tea, whatever it is that you enjoy, and a pen and paper because you're about to take some notes. Also, be sure to share this out. Oh, here comes my guest. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Quick shout out to our sponsor, stupideasy.com. Stupideasy.com is a new online course platform where you can easily upload and sell your online courses without having to be tech savvy and without them taking a cut of your sales. Discover more at stupideasy.com and we'll have a link in the show notes for you. Hey, Sarah, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, good. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about yourself because we were literally just meeting for the first time. So I want to get to know you and, and what you do. Okay. Um, well, I'm an artist mainly um, and I specialize in, in auric art, so art that represents people's auras. Okay. Um, which is which is a bit of a niche field, I suppose. It's not the only thing I do. I do other kinds of art and illustrations and logos and all of that kind of stuff. Um, my business is, is kind of broad, I suppose, but it's all about the different things that I'm curious about. So I've just kind of followed my nose in setting it up and sort of seen where the wind takes me sort of thing. It's not been a, I'm not an obsessive planner necessarily that sat yeah. down and worked out a whole route or anything like that. No, that's super cool though. And um, so how long have you been in doing this? Well, the business, I started it back in 2011, but it started very, very small, just with a few little items on Etsy and um, but was very, very quiet for quite a long time. Like I say, I just kind of followed my nose with everything and just sort of did what appealed to me at the time. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's not been something that has grown really quickly or following any kind of plan or anything like that. But I just sort of tinkered around with it, I suppose, for a few years. And um, I, I, I would say that I really started to take it seriously around 2013. So um, I've been really, really sort of seriously pursuing everything since about four years ago um, and sort of starting to sort of focus in on what I really enjoy and figuring out what really works for me and what I really want to offer and, and that kind of thing. Before that it was all a bit just like oh I'll do this, oh I'll do that, oh I'll do the other type of thing you know. Yep we all get in the into that especially at the beginning and that's really awesome that you just that you number one kept with it uh, but number two, that you started to focus in. Now, was there anything specific that kind of just like reached out to you and said, hey, we got to figure this out and get a little bit more specific here? Or was it just kind of all of a sudden, hey, I guess I should narrow things down? Yeah, it was, I'd, I'd had quite a bit of sort of quite a few health problems, really. Um, the job that I was doing before was working in schools in education. Okay. And that it's quite a sort of stressful environment really you kind of um, very much pushed towards getting results from people I mean, you don't really get an awful lot of time to spend with the children in particular or actually helping the children at where they are you're just kind of oh can I get them an A can I get them a B can I get them a C what can I you know and it, I found that whole experience very stressful it's just been kind of getting on top of me gradually a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and I started to think do you know what I really need to leave this side of my work behind and focus more on on the other side of the work 
because um, I knew that, that the art experience and, and starting to make art, because I didn't really start to make art at all until I was 27. And I'd not really, before that, I didn't think I could draw or anything. I just didn't think I could do it at all. Um, but when I, when I started having these, these sort of bouts of depression, that's what I kind of turned to as something. It just kept sort of niggling at me. You should definitely try that. You should definitely try that. And eventually I did. And it, and it just, um, it really lifted me out of my depression. And I kind of wanted to pass that on to other people. And I thought, well, if I could get away from my previous job that was, was causing me undue amounts of stress um, and focusing a bit more on um, actually using art to help people heal, to help people grow, to help people develop. And if I could base my business around that and leave behind the day job, as it were, then I just felt like I'd be a lot healthier, a lot happier. And that was really the driving force that sort of maybe really start to sort of zero in on and what do I really want to do here and what I really want to do is just help people to access that creativity that we quite often leave behind when we're sort of five or six and we get our coloured crayons taken off us at school and get them replaced with a big boring black pen you know yeah no that's wow that is awesome because yeah I used to work at, in a school district as well and I wasn't a teacher, but I did help the kids in the after school program. And, you know, it is, I had a little bit of that taste of how stressful it can be, you know, during homework time, trying to get them to one focus, but two, to get as much work done before they had to leave because the minute they left, you know, they were going to practices or going home and having dinner and doing all these extra stuff. And it's like, they had to get their homework done before leaving because it was very stressful for them so i have a little bit of that idea and the fact that you took that and turned it into a more positive light and a business it's just amazing mm. it kind of felt it sort of it was um like a magnetic draw it was kind of because my rational brain was going, what are you talking about? Oh, you can't really do that. You can't even draw. What's the matter with you? <laughs> and had been for years. But then um, I, d I just kept coming back to the idea. It kept being drawn back to it and sort of circling back around it. No matter, how, no matter what I, I struck out. Because obviously your kind of ego self has all these ideas that it thinks you ought to be doing and has all these opinions and... Um, your inner critic, of course, has a terrible field day at that stage, sort of telling you that also everything you do is rubbish and so on and so on. Yes. Um, and I would kind of go off on these tangents thinking, oh, this is the thing, this will be better. If I just do this this way, this will be better. But in the end, I just kept coming back to the same thing, this kind of idea of just um, making a living by actually teaching what I enjoy teaching and sharing things that have been really beneficial to me so my kind of front-facing business online is all about art but I also um, locally teach music to young kids I teach from home as opposed to within school and it's really kind of helped me um, regain that love of teaching because it, it, a lot of that got lost with my previous day jobs just because of all the sort of constant deadlines and stresses and strains and paperwork and things that nobody gets into teaching to do basically um, but they do take over very very quickly oh sure and how do you remember like how you got into that transition like how you started with the sense of literally taking going from your work environment to i'm going to do this on my own like were you still working in the school job while doing this on the side or did you just completely say i'm good now it's going to be this transition it's a bit of both really because it started out very very small and it was definitely a side gig and i would i started out with just a blog actually i didn't have a shop or anything else i just started out with a blog and i'd gotten really into reading other people's blogs and then i started to notice that people were selling things on etsy and writing ebooks and different things and I thought oh I could I could that might be a way of me reaching a few more people and doing it and I just sort of dabbled and dabbled and dabbled and dabbled and then I started to get more serious about it and I was still working full-time at that point in education um, and just fitting in around and I did that for about three or four years and at the time I was blogging seven days a week 
Oh, wow. Um, which is a bit over the top. Um, seven days a week, plus full-time work, plus creating artwork and different things for the shop and promoting all of that. And, and it, was, it was really full on, actually. Um, and then I just got to a point where I, it wasn't necessarily that I was earning so much from the side hustle, as it were, that I could, I could leave. But it just got to the point where I just thought I have to leave now because I, I just I can't keep doing this. I can't keep working all day at a job that I hate, that makes me feel ill, that makes me feel stressed, and that leads me back down the road to that depression. Yeah. Over and over again, just because of kind of burnout and tiredness and everything. And I just kind of at one point, and I said to my husband, like I just I can't keep doing this. I just I just can't. And he said, well. Just, just leave the job. We have enough money. I, you know, we can cover the bills. It's okay. Um, and just try your your business properly. Try and see if you can set it up. Try and see see if you can make it work. Um, and so that's what I did. And really, since then, my health has been fine. My mental health has not been a problem at all. It's definitely the right decision. Financially, probably not. Financially, would be better off. If I hadn't, if I'd maybe waited a bit longer before getting rid of the full-time job, but in terms of my health and happiness and the general happiness of our home, it was definitely the right decision. Just oh yeah, to go for it. Mm. Yeah, and that, and you know, that's that's the biggest factor. And I love the fact that you mentioned you talked with your husband about it because I know with entrepreneurship, it can be very lonely, even if you do have family members or significant others around. But um, the other part is, is that, you know, I feel like a lot of people just don't talk enough about what they're really dealing with and the struggle that they're going through in that moment. And when they have uh, significant others, it's like, if they don't communicate clearly with them, you know, like for you, you if you didn't communicate with your husband, you could have been stuck at that job until it really took a toll on your health and then really would spiral downwards with that. So it's, it's huge, the communication factor there. Mm, absolutely. And I think, like you say, it's very hard for your other half to put themselves in your shoes. I mean, my other half actually still works in education and absolutely finds it fine. It doesn't have the same effect on him. He doesn't get so involved with the students necessarily. He doesn't he doesn't take it home with him as much as I, I did. It just, he, it seems to suit him personality-wise. Whereas having his own business, he often says to me, God, I would never do that. That would be awful. I can't even imagine that. It would be so stressful. Ah, you know, like he just couldn't even <laughs> contemplate that idea. Um, but he at the time didn't realise just quite how much it was affecting me until we sat, I mean, he had a bit of an idea, obviously. Um, but he, when we sat down and talked about it and I explained just, just how much of an effect it was having, and to him it was just a no-brainer. Like, he, he often says to me, you know, like, well, if, if, if you're happy, then I'm happy. And he also says daft things like, if you're happy, then you might make me some nice food when I get happy. <laughs> <laughs> that kind yes. of thing. So he's, he's very simple about it all. He doesn't necessarily expect me to become some brilliant millionaire necessarily. And that's a beautiful thing right there, because I think what happens a lot of the time is entrepreneurs, people jump into entrepreneurship and feel like they have to be this overnight success and they have to um, make all this money to keep up with the Joneses and try to be, you know, this person that they're not and have all these luxurious items that they don't need. When in reality, it's just about doing what what you love and being able to live a healthy lifestyle and to enjoy what you do. <laughs> mm, absolutely. I think that that is the key thing with entrepreneurs and I see it an awful lot. I'm sure you do as well. Like you know, people that think, oh, I can have a multiple figure. I can have a six figure, that, that six figure business thing that people are often going on about. Like, and that's great if you get one and, and good luck to you and it's wonderful. But I, I don't, I would do this no matter what really it doesn't matter how much i'm earning if i'm earning i don't know a hundred pounds a month if i'm earning a thousand pounds a month if i'm earning ten thousand pounds a month i would still do the same thing i would still do the same job because it makes me happy um and the money the money will the money is always there in, there's always enough I, I, i'm yeah. not at the point where i'm a, a, a millionaire or whatever else but 
there's always actually enough. And I, I also find that as an entrepreneur, the, the kind of worry trap is, is really real. And I, I do find that the more I worry about, oh, am I going to have enough money for X, Y, Z, the longer it seems to take for that money to appear. <laughs> Whereas if I just sort of chill out a bit and it's okay, then actually it tends to come along a lot quicker. I don't know quite why that is, but... Um, it's um, it's easy to get into worrying, I think, and I, I, I think it's not for the faint of heart really to be an entrepreneur because, you know, that that steady paycheck is just not, it's certainly not at the beginning anyway. It's just not there, and it's it's hard to adjust to that actually when you first start out. It's so true, and it's so funny you mentioned about worrying and money because, you know, it's one of those things. It's always on our minds, right? And for me, you know, I I just like having enough money to get my expenses cleared and I have different accounts for different things. So it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm struggling in that sense, but there's certain things where I'm like, I need to offset this cost by doing something and I need money to come in in order to do X, Y, Z. And so sometimes I will stress out about it myself and be like, okay, did I make enough this month for whatever this trip is or for whatever this is. And, you know, sometimes I'll stress out and then all of a sudden I'm like, no, you know what? I have to just let it go. It's going to be fine. And then boom, something comes in, whether it's a, a client looking for work or it's a, um, an affiliate sale or something just as a nice little reminder, like Ed, chill out. You're good. Like we got mm. you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you just, I don't know, it's a strange, it's a strange scenario, but definitely the more you worry, the less anything seems to move or shift or happen. I think, um, it's, it's just, it just, it, 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 it proves itself to be over and over again. I can kind of be like, oh my God, I need to earn this much money. Right, let's hustle. Let's have a sale. Let's do this. Let's do right. this. And I'll do it for a few weeks and then nothing will happen. And no yep. one will buy anything. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I stop messing around and, and panicking and then all of a sudden someone will contact me and say oh can you do a whole series of illustrations from your website i'm willing to pay you this amount of money and it's yeah. quite often the exact amount that i'm after anyway like but it just you just need to let it happen and not just kind of sit back and wait for everyone to come to you obviously you have to be right. sharing and all of that stuff so that people can find you but um the, the stress and the worry it certainly never helps anyway yeah no and that's uh, so true because i was just talking about this um on my other uh, podcast, Check With Ed. And what's interesting about it, that you mentioned this, is that I was talking about how, you know, we have to be, a, to build a sustainable business at least, we have to really be about the relationship, not the sale for today. You know, even when I was at my sales job, I was always telling people, because they were wondering why I was number one in sales. And it wasn't because every day I had the most sales go out the door. It was because I didn't care about the sale for that day. I cared about the relationship that I built with my customers over time. So when they left during that day, if they didn't buy anything, I didn't, it doesn't matter to me. I provided them with the information they needed. And if they need it later, they'll come back and they'll get it. And that was my, that's always been how I do things. You know, I'm not one of those, you know, sleazy salespeople. Um, it's just, here's the information and it's up to you to what you want to do with it next. And people just didn't get that. They did. They were like, how, how is Ed number one all the time at, when you look at the big picture? And it's like, because I'm not worrying about the sale today, I'm, I'm building that relationship and giving the customer what they need so that they can make that decision and return when they're ready. And that's, that's how you have to do with entrepreneurship too, you know? Mm-hmm. it's like relationships yes. in general you know you're just if you sort of try and die you know if, you, if the first time you met a, a man somewhere and you your first question out of your mouth was will you marry me or yeah. will you want kids they're just going to be flag. like what 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 <laughs> yeah um, whereas if you just let them sort of let everything develop in its own natural way let them get let them get to know you and so on and so on then eventually down the line those questions are going to be asked at the right time as well going for the sale all the time is like 
proposing to somebody that you've just met it's 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 too much you know they you do get people who see things and just buy them straight away and i do that myself sometimes just i'll see something and think oh yeah yeah definitely that buy it no problem but for a lot of people they need to kind of like you say build up a relationship with you maybe see something free that you've got knocking around so they can have a little taster and see whether they think they'll get on with you and, and that kind of thing and yeah. then sort of a little way down the line then they'll be interested in um, buying something from you and, and taking that sort of next step um it's, i think it's hard though in some ways with everything being online i think it's the comparisons that we do between ourselves and other people yes. and from the outside you look at other people launching courses or whatever it is they're launching and it seems immediately successful and you think oh well am i being too am i not being pushy enough because mine aren't immediately successful but what you don't see is is the years perhaps of, of them building up that relationship with their people way before they ever started selling something and, and you're only seeing really the tip of the iceberg there and yes they're being very successful but there are steps along that way before they've gotten to that and that you maybe just weren't aware of because they weren't on your radar at that time um so building a relationship and trying not to to get again it's just the panic it's the fear it's the oh this is going to be a failure i must try and do 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 when actually yeah. A lot of the time, you just need to sit back and let it happen. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, speaking of getting people uh, their attention and bringing them to, or having them come to you, how do people find out about you or how have they found out about you and your business? Um, there's lots of different ways. Um, I do, I'm members of lots of different Facebook groups, um, yeah. some that are just sort of international ones that um, I don't have any in real life friends in there if that makes sense people yep. that i know in real life um and some that are very much sort of people that i've worked with in the past who can recommend me to other people because they know me and, and that kind of thing so that's one way that people get to know me obviously like i reach out to other websites and blogs and do guest posting and i was recently in the heart art journal magazine and those kinds of things so that I, I reach out to new audiences um, and I do sort of spend a fair bit of time making sure that I'm reaching out to people via social media so mm -hmm. my favorite social media channel at the moment is Instagram oh it's really the one yeah it's the one place that I post um, just organically obviously instagram and scheduling and stuff is all a bit complex anyway yeah. but actually I, I quite enjoy instagram just to use it in the way that, that that sort of ordinary people use social media i just go onto my phone or my icon or whatever and, and just post a photo and whatnot i don't schedule anything in advance or plan it out or anything i just sort of share snippets of my day yeah um and and that's my favorite one to use and then i, I kind of cross post that to other social media like Facebook and Twitter because they they don't totally light me up in the same way. I, I do post there and I tend to schedule more on Twitter and Facebook just sure. because they don't they just don't grab me in the same way for some reason. And that's so interesting and you know it's funny too when you think about it you're you're doing on Instagram you're doing what we all used to do and what's so mm. simple is just posting in the moment when we actually feel inspired versus scheduling it out and trying to plan all these things ahead. And so, you know, in a way for me, it's just funny because it's taking it back to the basics and really just doing the basics, which still work. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, absolutely. And I enjoy it a lot more. Um, I mean, I have used I have used sort of scheduling programs and, and different things before, and they're great, and you can feel very, very, very professional and having everything really set up and ready to go and so on and so on. But the, the kind of almost the sort of soul of it is missing when you work in that way. I think a little bit anyway, and um, I think people know they know the difference between something that's scheduled and repeated and, and so on and, and something that's more sort of organically shared in the moment rather than um, scheduled months in advance, say. Sure. Um, I think it touches people a little bit more because they, 
they get to know you or they feel like they get to know you in a more real way if you can manage to do that i mean obviously it all depends on your schedule and your day and what you can realistically expect of yourself and i think it also comes down to what you actually enjoy like i really yeah. enjoy posting on instagram which is why i do it i don't really enjoy posting on twitter which is why i schedule right um do you know so everyone has their their social media channel that just appeals to them for whatever reason and the one that's best for their kind of business and their niche and, and whatnot um and i think just go with the ones that you really like and maybe keep up a smaller presence on other social media using schedulers and things um but just you know put your joy where your joy is i suppose rather than sap your joy doing something that you don't Yes, that is, I love that. Put your joy where your joy is. Um, because that is key, you know, because I, I will say, well, let me ask before I mention that, how often do you post a day on Instagram, given that you're um, doing it normally? Yeah, usually two or three times a day. Okay. Um, sometimes only once. It just depends really on sure. what the day is like, but mostly two or three times. Um, and I kind of cross post that, like I say, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Right. Um, again, Pinterest is something that should appeal to me as an artist, but for some reason, I just don't <laughs> um, So I just kind of have that go to those different places. So in case anyone does find me that way and, and that kind of thing, then I've at least sort of, I've dabbled and I've covered my bases. Right. Um, but no. if it weren't for the sort of automatic nature of that, I probably wouldn't bother. Because um, I don't think it's anyone's job, unless you're a social media manager, to be on social media all the time. Right. And it just ends up being something that gets in the way of doing what you really want to do. And, and that's perfect, because that's what I talk to a lot of people about is, you know, pick whichever social media platform you want to be on. And most people are on, you know, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, those are the big ones. And pinterest and linkedin and but you can't be active on all of them all the time and run a, a business so the way you're doing it is perfect by focusing in on the one that really you enjoy using while still keeping up a a, a decent presence on the other ones just in case and mm -hmm. i like that because you know for me i kind of have a love-hate relationship with instagram uh business-wise i guess because for me, it's, it's one of those things where it seems like a chore for posting and that there's just so many fake followers that I find, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, the, the different hashtags, they'll have automatic bots for the hashtags and then they'll have automatic um, people that follow you and they're not real because they're all the computer things. So to me, it just drives me crazy. And then I guess another part really is the formatting. I like to share a lot. I like to share not only what I have, but what you might have or what somebody else might have so that others can find you. And for me, that's why I like Facebook because I'm able to share your post easily. Whereas Instagram, it's not so easy um, to do it directly. And, and, you know, when you're writing a caption, it's one big blob unless you use special characters to separate it. So formatting like that also drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is totally different. And obviously the sort of having to type away on your phone isn't as comfortable as doing it on a keyboard. And right. And the, the whole followers thing is absolutely bonkers on Instagram. <sighs> like my, my numbers go up and down and up yeah. and down all the time. Um, so that is annoying, but I just, I think I like it because I like posting there. Not yeah. necessarily, it's not necessarily about oh, how many people follow me on there. Exactly. Um, it, it's just, I like doing it. So that's, that's why I, why I do it, I suppose. But there, I mean, there are, there are parts of it that are, that are kind of annoying, like the sort of having to type it everything. and And the stupid comments, like I'll, I'll see a little, um, a little notification saying I have a comment. And I think, oh, that's nice. I'll go and see what. And it's just an emoji. Like, yeah. No, really. <laughs> Why have I just wasted two seconds looking that up? And you just, oh, I know. Just, just hit like if that's all you can think to do. You know, like I just, I don't get. It. I know. <laughs> I hear you. I know. And that's the funny thing about social media, right? Is it, it sucks us all in, and it, no matter which platform we're on, we still are going to get sucked in by those notifications, and. Because we're just hoping 
that there's a conversation there. <laughs> mm, mm. I have most of my notifications turned off actually because I have, I noticed because uh, I'd recently bought an iPad and yes. I have my, my phone as well. And obviously I was getting then multiple notifications across <laughs> those two and my laptop. And I just thought, I can't deal with this at all. It's driving me bonkers. So I turned most of them off actually. So the only ones that come up on either my phone or my iPad are just a little one or two, the number yep. that comes up in the corner of the app. That's the only thing, nothing else comes up at all. And it, it's made such a difference because I'm so much less irritated by the it, whole thing. By isn't that tr so true? Yeah. Mm. It, it's um, it's funny you mention that because I have done the same uh, for different things, including believe it or not, email. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah. On my phone, I I turned off the notifications on my email, so I don't even actually uh, see for my business email. I don't actually see any numbers or notifications. I turned it completely off mm. um, because of the fact that I'm in my email. I'm in my inbox all day long on my computer. Like mm. literally it's open all day long. So I don't need a notification on my phone. And if I'm not by my computer, I have the habit of checking email just like I would check Facebook or my text messages. So for me to not be in my inbox for a long period of time is not real realistic unless I'm traveling or something. So it just helps me not be so stressed because I'm one of those that I, I don't like seeing the numbers. So if I see no. them, I want to go through and quickly finish mm. them so they're gone. <laughs> yep, same here. It's like an obsessive compulsive thing or something. Yes. It's really annoying. You have to get rid of. But I don't have everything on my phone either. I don't have Facebook on my phone. I don't have Twitter on my phone. I only have Instagram. Oh, see, that's else. nice. So I, I just kind of, I narrow everything down because I just, things like that, they're so addictive. Like you can just be there for hours and you don't even realize how long you've been sitting there scrolling away and then you've you've accomplished nothing you've not done you may have seen one comment that led to a right. conversation that might have led to a sale maybe every now and then but really that's just a huge time suck of your whole day you know when you could be better off doing doing something different something that you really need to do for your business or something just that you really enjoy you know when people oh, yeah. often say oh i haven't got time to be creative i haven't got time to do anything like that i just think but if you took away that time that you i mean we all need a bit of downtime where we don't do anything that's yes. fine but if you took away that that kind of destruct it's i feel like it's destructive time because it sort of it saps your energy as well it's not quite the same as doing nothing it doesn't rest you or rejuvenate you to spend time scrolling through social media um, it just, it eats up time and you come away from it kind of overstimulated, angry sometimes because you've read something that's driven you a bit mad or, or whatever else. And the kind of, the drama in the comments of everything nowadays just, I, I, I think it's, it can be really um, toxic. It's oh, big take that you take that energy away from from the computer or from the screen with you and i think if you're if you're spending too long scrolling on facebook or twitter or wherever you're going to get into the comment and you're going to read some awful things half the time um and that's just gonna i don't know it's just gonna escalate feelings and drama within yourself and then even if you do have a bit of time to be creative or to work in your business or whatever it is that you wanted to do you're not in the right mindset then because you've yep. been kind of sort of agitated by this this drama contained within your computer kind of thing oh totally and that's the the big part right there that you mentioned is our downtime and scrolling through facebook basically are two separate things right because for me i mean we lump those together when we say downtime we do as just in general we all say, oh, well, in my downtime, you know, I'm just going to go check Facebook or whatever, and it, it is fine. But if you're really trying to be creative, at least for me, what I found is that I have to separate my downtime, which could be my scrolling time on Facebook, to separate that to my downtime and my creative time, where my creative time, I'm really not doing anything. Like, I'm not looking at the computer. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not on social media. I'm literally, you know, trying to tie my hands behind my back and 
sit in a quiet room <laughs> and just think because you know I, I tell people a lot of times when they they need to take breaks throughout the day you know and to go for at least a, a 15 20 minute walk because the first 10 minutes for the most part you're still coming down from that high of email text whatever to-do list you have and so your brain's still thinking about it even though you're not actually doing that stuff and so for me what happens is right around 15 minutes or so then i start to just get quiet in my head and then i can start thinking about the actual projects that i want to work on or the progress i want to make in my business and that's when the the questions come up and the uh, answers come and the ideas really start to come together if that makes sense mm. The great thing for me about art and creativity is that you get to that phase of um, an open mind much, much quicker. Sure. Because to, when you're when you're creating art, you just your your brain kind of you're sort of fooling it into into slowing down. Because as soon as you start picking up brushes and paints and whatnot, you can still be thinking about something that was going on from a few minutes ago. Like you said, oh, I'm still thinking about the text that you missed yeah. or whatever. But very, very quickly, with, I would say within two, three, maybe five minutes of starting to draw, starting to paint, starting to get your art supplies out, starting very, very quickly all, all backs away, much more quickly than, than well, for me anyway, than, than exercise or anything else. It very, yeah. very quickly um, just gets me into that zone. And your brain is, is just engaged enough in terms of what's going on with your hands, what are you doing, what are you making? Um, but it's not so engaged that it can't think and it can't come up with ideas because I get a lot of my best ideas um, when I'm actually painting. So I'll be in the middle of a painting and some idea will come to me and I'll be like, oh God, pen, paper, yes. <laughs> you know, paint everywhere. Um, but that, that for me, it's so much quicker because you're, you're, um, you're engaging your brain just enough to make it drop all of the other stuff much more quickly. Than it would like to do you're you're just you're you're lulling it very very quickly but not lulling it into a state of um complete rest sure lulling it into a state of openness and kind of um relaxation but not to the point where you're switched off not that kind of relaxation. yeah i think that's kind of the problem really a lot of times it probably seems like a an awful thing to say but a lot of people don't really know how to relax Oh, Their idea true. of relaxing is just either being on social media or watching the TV. And yep. The TV is, in a lot of ways, the same as social media. It's something. It's not really something that is relaxing. It's something that's stimulating and that pumps you. Like if you're watching a drama on the TV about somebody being in an awful situation and having to go to the police or whatever, whatever, you're involved in that drama. Oh, and you're kind of <laughs> Your emotions are your hit up and everything else. So you've been we've all been conditioned i think to think that, that this is this is what relaxation looks like watching the telly or whatever else or even having a cup of tea tea is full of caffeine like right. it's really relaxing not that i'm against a cup of tea but um i don't know people i think people struggle to know how to relax and they struggle to know how to because they've never really had it they've never really experienced it and i think anything that takes that takes your mind away from yourself and does it quickly. So things like even reading a book, not mm -hmm. looking at a screen, because the screen kind of has an effect on your eyes and, and sure. that kind of stuff. But reading a book, um, not reading a magazine, because magazines are so often awful. Um, <laughs> but just something that takes you out of yourself, that, that doesn't involve screen time in, in any way, shape or form. It, it, it can really be anything, but for me, I found that art is the quickest way. It's the quickest way to a clear mind that I've ever found. Anything else, I can still, even with exercise, I can still be 30 minutes in and still thinking about something sure. that I was thinking about beforehand. For me, anyway, it just doesn't, it doesn't grab me in the same way. Um, my brain is very difficult to silence, actually. <laughs> I, I, I've done quite a lot of meditation and it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I can do any because it just, as soon as I quieten down for, for something like meditation with nothing in my hands, my brain just, honestly, and, and I, I'll look back at, at the thoughts and think, what on earth am I thinking? How did 
did I get to this? Where? What? And it's, it's almost like a dream, you know, when dreams are just sure. really random, where things happen. My brain skips off like stones skimming off of the water, like just skips off in all these directions. And it, it, I find it very hard to quieten it down. Um, but, but art does it for me straight away. It's very, very quick. I just find it very easy then to have this open. And that's, that is so cool. And so, uh, so what do you uh, work with with your clients? Are you doing group sessions? Are they one-on-one? Like kind of walk me through, because I'm, now I'm curious. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm ready for some art. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's a mixture of different things. Um, I do kind of online courses. I have okay. an, online, an online artist community, which is full of different e-courses and different things that can help people to connect and create. Um, I do some in-person art workshops. At the moment, they're just kind of one-to-one, but I'm looking in the future to sort of expand that to be more group-based. Yeah. Um, And those kind of sessions, I I actually walk people through how to create their own aura angel. Okay. So I'll I'll read their aura and tell them the the details of that, and then we'll create an angel that represents that on the canvas. And it's a lovely experience. Oh, cool. Every single time I have people come along, for all of the people that have done this so far, they're like, oh, I can't really draw, I can't really do, I've never really, I'm not a creative person at all. And then they come to the end of the session, maybe two, three hours later, and they have a canvas, a piece of artwork that, that looks the way, and it's not just kind of, oh, well, it's almost right. They, it looks the way it's supposed to sure. look. And, and they're so proud of themselves, and they've so surprised themselves by being able to do it that it, it's just brilliant you know they kind of they leave the session almost giddy kind of thing because they're yeah. just so they've had such a relaxing time they've had such a, a wonderful switch off time um so i try and replicate that with the online community in the same way as much as possible um it's obviously it's never quite the same compared with being in person but that that way i can reach more people um but yeah so the 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 courses and and the the sessions that i do it's just all about exploring and having fun and just playing and being open and and relaxed and and it's definitely not about being perfectionist it's definitely not about well i need to make my painting look like a photograph um i always think to myself well what's the point of cameras if you're just gonna make your painting and not that i disrespect anyone who does beautifully realistic art right it's wonderful and i am able to do that but i don't find i enjoy it um and i i don't think that's where you should start as an artist because <laughs> that's kind of like trying to start at the end of a marathon instead of starting at the beginning sure. um they're kind of hyper realistic kind of artwork it, and people often come to me with that in mind and and they can get to that but there's a little there has to be something in between that's a bit freer so that they can start to play with the resources play with the art supplies figure out how to do this figure out how to get their hand to move the way they want it to because initially when you first start drawing like you have an idea in your head this is what i want to draw and your hand just does the opposite it just comes out with this totally wonky looking thing that you're like what where did that come from um but it's it's a whole process i often say to people kind of you know if people are very impatient about things that they deem to be hobbies so things like art they expect themselves to be very good at it from the beginning and if they're not good at it from the beginning then oh well I'm just not meant to be an artist is what people think Um, but in fact like if if you bought yourself a book on plumbing for example you wouldn't sit and read that book and then expect at the end of reading that book to be able to plumb in a toilet on right. them, would you? Because <laughs> you'd be like, oh no, that would go wrong and I need an actual train. So it's the same with artwork. You still need to have a bit of time to practice and, and get, the, get the hands on, get the hands dirty, see how it works. And, and then, you know, your first and my first few paintings and drawings and stuff were pretty rubbish, really. Um, but it, you just kind of build from there. And it's, it, but it's allowing, it's, it's closing down that inner critic voice that will just 
say horrible things to you, that kind of ego voice that thinks it's trying to help you and keep you safe by stopping you getting into situations where you might fail. But actually, it's not really helping. It, it, it's, it's just keeping you small and keeping you in a box. But it doesn't know what else to do. So you can't right. blame it too much. You just have to sort of, yeah, that's all right. I'm not going to listen to you now. It's fine. Just, just leave me be. Uh, so getting past that bit, and then just having a go, having a go, having a go, having a go, and just keeping on going and enjoying it. And then eventually you'll look at the work that you're doing and think, wow, I can't believe, I can't believe that that's mine. I can't believe that I can do this. And you'll think as well, I can't believe I ever thought I was rubbish. I can't believe I ever said those horrible things to myself. Because people will say to themselves, awful things that they would never say to anyone else if a friend came to them with some artwork they would never say well what the hell are you doing that there that's awful but they'll say it to themselves yep and and that kind of inner critic voice we have to find a way to sort of acknowledge it but just just not allow it to rule the roost because it, it's its only job is to keep you safe, but it's kind of left over from caveman days when um, you know, there were like dinosaurs and stuff chasing about and mammoths and whatever else. Um, and it, it doesn't know that it doesn't need to do that in the same way anymore. Um, so it's trying to help, but it, it's just not very helpful. Gosh, that you, you nailed it right there, not only with artwork, but that's entrepreneurship right there. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's exactly yeah. the same. It's like, yeah. wow. And I mean, that's the truth. You know, we always, we have those conversations with our inner self and we, we have those doubts and we say terrible things <laughs> to ourselves, <laughs> but we have to keep pushing through and understanding that it, we're doing the work that we're supposed to be doing. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so true. And it's so true of anything. I think no matter what it is you do, it's just always those doubts and those fears and as soon as they get to the surface and they start driving the bus then then everything kind of goes off the rails but once you sort of i think they're easily quietened down you just have to kind of acknowledge them and, and just let them be and let them move along to the back of the bus somewhere and just chill out a little bit then everything will be better it doesn't matter what you're trying to do whether you're trying to add a study for an exam or start up a business or, or whatever it is we just need to to acknowledge and, and control those fears so that they don't control us. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Um, let me ask you, what kind of our tools are you using to kind of help keep you organized? Are you just using good old pen and paper or do you have like a project management system? I'm always curious about that part of the business. <laughs> Yeah, I'm mostly pen and paper, to be yeah. honest. And I, I'm a real, um, I'm addicted to notebooks. I have like hundreds of the things. The yep. prettier, the better. <laughs> uh, and I have various different planners. In fact, this year I went through, it's quite shameful actually, but I went through, I think it's four different planners this year and just sort of started like, and when I say planner, I kind of mean diary. Like, oh, uh -huh. um, but I've, I went through four different versions this year and, and each of them, I, I was like, oh, this is the one, this is brilliant, this is great, I'm using this every week, it's great. And then after about a month or so, <laughs> no, this is annoying me, it's annoying me, I need a different one. Um, but I'm definitely pen and paper, I'm definitely, I mean, I do, I, I write notes to myself sometimes on the computer. Sure. Because it's easier, then you can copy and paste things out from there. But generally, I'm a pen and paper person really more than anything else. I don't use Evernote or any of those kinds of online things. Um, I think I'm a bit old-fashioned in a way. I don't really trust, like, the cloud and, yeah. and all of that. I just like, <laughs> oh, no, I want it on a hard drive that I have it and I know who it is. And my husband's an IT teacher and he's just like, well, hard drives fail, you know. Like, yeah, but still, <laughs> it's there in a box. I can see it. it so, um, yeah. yeah, no, pen and paper is huge. You know, I am, I'm a very, very digital person and I am like, you know, yay for the cloud. But at the same time, especially after starting my business, I really appreciate pen and paper. And I mean, I have huge, those huge post-it, um, post-its that you can stick on the wall I got post-its everywhere. I got different notebooks. I got a paper planner because there's something about writing with putting mm. your pen to the paper and the brain connecting it through your fingers. Like 
I don't know, I'm not that, you know, into that world, but I know that there's some kind of connection there that just lets it flow more naturally and is that old fashioned way that we're used to and we don't let the technology hold us back. So that's why I always recommend when people are working on their new ideas or if they're trying to build their website or whatever the case may be, that they always start with pen and paper because nowadays, given the technology and all the awesome programs and everything, we want to jump to the technology factor and start working, but we forget that first process of mapping it out and really seeing what we can create like you, you do with your uh, clients is, you know, really just be in tuned with the art and just go with it and see what you naturally develop. Mm. And I think the writing it down physically again is, is similar in a way to the actual to the art making you know you, you're giving your hands something to do yeah so your brain has to think all right hands are doing something that occupies the monkey mind a little bit kind of turns off the inner critic a little bit quiets the mind down a bit more quickly so that you can then be clearer in what you're doing but also the the, the other danger with any of the online things is you get sucked into social media. Oh, there's a little yep. notification there. I'll just check that notification first and then I'll do this. And oh, oh, there's another one. Like it just, and, and the screen time, the stress on your eyes of screen time. Um, I think, again, people don't quite realize how damaging that can be and how damaging it can be to things like your sleep patterns and, and all sorts of things. So I, I'm definitely a pen and paper person. So for me, that's the way to go, really. I love it. Well, let me ask you before I let you go, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone who's just starting out or who is thinking about gaining into entrepreneurship? Um, I just advise you to be patient and I advise them to be kind to themselves. And I'd advise them to look at what other people do as a learning thing, but don't compare yourself to other people because that way madness lies. You know, you just, mm -hmm. you can't, you know, there's that quote, isn't it? Don't compare your orange soul to someone else's apple soul. <laughs> like, you know, apples and oranges are different, but they're both lovely. Yep. And you won't, by comparing yourself comparison the other quote is comparison is the thief of joy and that is so very true because even if you've got a little bit of joy at something you've done if you then compare it to someone else who's maybe a bit further along than you that can just steal all that joy that you had from your little triumph so don't compare yourself to anyone else be patient with yourself and most of all be kind to yourself that's be as kind to yourself as you would be to your best friend if they were sitting in front of you telling you exactly what's going through your mind. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Dive deeper into the conversation with this guest as well as others by going to yes to entrepreneurship.com forward slash podcast. Over there, you will find a list of all the previous episodes and bonus material for each guest. I hope that you'll continue to share out this podcast and please be sure to leave a review in iTunes and subscribe so that way others can discover this show and be able to realize they are not alone and that they have somebody they can count on to provide value and motivate and inspire them to keep moving forward. Together, we can make it happen. And like I always say, teamwork equals success. So go out there and do something great because why not?